Welcome to this week's edition of Tuesdays with Torah with Rabbi Mayor Bodner. Every week we'll explore some Torah values that will help us grow, understand, and be more successful in our lives and relationships. We try to hone in on subjects and ideas that are not readily known or available and explore and enlighten them through our Torah scholars of past and present to get a better understanding of what the Torah wants from us and how we can greatly enhance our lives, goals, and relationships with others and Hashem. We welcome your comments and suggestions and we'll try to incorporate them in our show. Here's Rabbi Bodner. Hope you enjoy. Okay, Shalom Aleichem. Welcome everyone to Tuesdays with Taira. Is this on? Yeah, we got our new stand here. Thanks to uh, Yehuda Eber. Actually, he ordered it for me. Um, tonight's shir is uh, actually dedicated by both Chaim Ness and myself. We, we co-sponsored we co-sponsored the shir together. In memory of Le'ila Nishmas, Yehuda Leib, Yehuda Leib, Yehuda Ben Menachem. Nachman, yeah, Alva Shalom. If anyone doesn't know Yehuda, who, who that is, Leibi, or it, it, he was affectionately known as Leibi. Does that help? Does that ring any bells? Leibi, no. Leibi, Leibi, the kid, that's correct. Leibi Kaletsky. Ten years ago, when Chaim called me up and told me let's do this sponsorship, it actually, it, it was a very, very hard and emotional thing to do um, because I remember it so vividly the summer, the summer, that night. Um, actually, I went together with um, one of the guys here. He's not here now. Hillel Glucksman, we went on a search together. Hillel and I, we, we searched four hours. We were literally crying the whole, to- the whole way. And um, we were probably about 10 steps from not where he was, the, uh, where the killer was, because we, we started in, his, in our neighborhood at the, in, in Kensington, in that, in that area. Right where he was... He was, was Mendelssohn. Not sure, I don't remember exactly. But, but we, and then we searched, and we went, and we searched, and we searched. And not only us, with the whole Klai Yisrael searched... <laughs> with tears in our eyes, trying to find him. We didn't know that he wasn't alive anymore, but um, it was a, a extremely painful experience for the whole Klai Yisrael. And uh, it was a terrible thing how something should happen in Klai Yisrael. It happens, but um, a memory of um, Leiby, that uh, sweet, sweet boy, I never knew him, but... Uh, a, a wonderful Chaim, Chaim did Chaim said he didn't know him personally but just from the pictures and from the videos you see he's an innocent sweet boy the quintessential um, young boy of our generation an innocent young Jewish from Chesidish boy who uh, just is trusting unfortunately trusted one too many people and um, the uh, the memory still should stay with us, and we should ask Hashem that this should never ever happen, and his his death should be a kapara. He should go straight up to. I'm, I'm sure he's sitting in Ganeiden, right by the by, right by the feet of the, the Rebbeinu Shalalim. That's where there's a special place for children that are. And the Schus Yogen Aleinu, he should be uh, uh, on, on Klai Yisrael. 
and um, we should all go home and take our children, give them an extra hug, a kiss, loving, throw away any criticism that we might feel with our, to cite our children, to our nephews and nieces, to anyone that we know, a young, any young person or older person as well. In the schus of life, that's one of the things that we can help make it, is, is, is give extra love because of the hate that he had. Let's give extra, extra love and his schus will, will live on. Okay, so we're up to the Palayoyites is um, talking today. It's uh, no coincidence that we're up to, uh, we're starting the summer, the beginning of the summer. A lot of people already are upstate already. And um, we're, we're up to 39, which is Bar Levov, right? What does that come from? Bar, what is Bar Levov? First of all, where does the Pasa come from? It says, Mi'ale, Bahar Hashem. Who's going to go up in the Har Hashem? Umi'akum bim koimcha. Who's going to... The Nikikapayim, the, the guy who has, who's innocent, it's really mean. Niki means Nikikapayim, his hands are, are, are clean. Very good. And Ubar Levav. I, I never knew what Bar Levav was until the Peliyats explained it. Bar Levav is a pure heart. What is a pure heart? And he says it's about having a pure heart. A pure heart means, he says, is that you, you conduct your minds that your mind should have pure thoughts. Especially, and I love that he says this, because this is a tzaddik, a gadol hadar, that was in a different generation, many generations ago, 240 years ago. He says, especially during davening and during mitzvahs. So, and I like what he says, it makes it much feel better, is that if a gadol could understand, you know, like sometimes we think a gadol, he'll never understand what I'm thinking about, or what I did even, he wouldn't understand it. He, the gadol, I'm going to talk to, I'm going to quote the gadol Adar, tell him what my tivus are. You know, like, what? No, he. This is this is the gadol telling. Yes, all of those those thoughts that are not clean and not not good, and what you're thinking about doing during davening, during during mitzvahs, during whatever, you, you got to control it even more so, right? So, um, it's it's true that we all know that um, you know our best ideas happened during davening, and, and, and Shemana Esrei is, is the breeding ground of tremendous businesses, you know, so like, um, but, but, but it also happens to be the breeding ground of things that, improper thoughts, so how do we control them, so he's talking about that, and, and makes us feel like, okay, so they struggled those times also, that's, that's uh, in a way good, but it doesn't make it mutter, let's see what he says about it, so he says that it says, um, it says Al Tifnu it says in the Pasik, Al Tifnu El Elilim. Elilim is, is the gods, right? And it says don't turn it's Al what the way that the Pasik is Al Tifnu El. Don't turn away from it, which means is that you can direct we have the power, he says, to direct to direct our thoughts. It's not like we say, eh, you know, all right, thoughts come in. Yeah, they do come in. But there's a way, he says, that if we work on it, we can, um, we can channel it. We can channel it. How do you do it? So very interesting. Um, I want to find the Lushan. And he says that, how do we do it? One of the ways we do it is he, has, he brings two psukim to um, Bar Levav. He brings two psukim that you say, 
when you're having thoughts like you're in the middle of davening or you're doing whatever. Or, he says, not only that, you've got to control your thoughts even when you're just sitting around doing nothing. It's, it's very important not to let our thoughts go. So what does he do? What does he say? Um, what does he do? There's two psukim. Um, it says, one pasuk is, the pasuk is in uh, Tehillim, I believe. It says, um, it says, um, it was, you should, you should say, and two things, I, I, I believe this is in, in, in uh, it doesn't, doesn't give where it's from. Not sure what that means. And also the next passage, we all know what it means. So which means basically you're davening to Hashem, help me out, get me out of the mud, get me out of the dirt, get me out of the funk. And the second passage is, Right, we all know that. So basically, I, I would assume that if you don't know, remember these psukim, that's, that's okay too, because Hashem listens to any language. But this is just picked the, the, the psukim and tilim, that well, the first one is basically just beseeching Hashem, get it out of here, stop, I can't help thinking about it, get, get it, her, whatever it is, is out of here, right? Um, or oh, the second one is that, you know what, leif tahar, Hashem gave me a leif tahar. And Ruach no Kadesh Bakirbi, he he can be Mechadashit and we can he can, he has the strength to do it. So the idea I guess is to um daven for it and ask Hashem for it. Now we all know, okay, a lot of you are probably sitting there saying, me me for sure, you know, this is too high, too lofty. I can't, you know, you're talking about thinking, I won't do anything, but thinking that's too much. Uh, it's too high of a madrega. And the answer is is that it might be so, but if you don't try then that's a no-no. We all could say, yes, you know, I, 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 very, very difficult to do. And as a matter of fact, I love how he says this also. The next thing is, he says that it's very, very, this is something which is very, very difficult. You're talking about a Gada Hadar saying that it's gif- difficult to get your thoughts out of your mind while you're davening and, and doing mitzvahs. So again, this is very comforting to see that even a Gadol can say it's difficult so, I don't feel so bad. If a Godel says that it's difficult to do, then, uh, of course, it's, it's, it's good for me. You know, like, uh, it's great. So, I, I'm not in a bad place, but we still have to work on it. So, how, does he, how do you do it? Um, so, I heard uh, from Rabbi Brock, he says over, I was listening to different things, different ideas about, uh, you know, thought controlling. Um, he says, first of all, Actually, the, the uh, Pelayoid says that we have this klal habolatahar Messiah Moisai. Anybody that, especially when it comes to Yiddishkeit, when you ask Hashem for something and you sincerely mean it, you're going to be helped. So again, I we can't I can't hold fault for anybody that has thoughts coming in. A God Aladar has thoughts coming in. So what do you want from me, God? Right, but. I can, we can fault ourselves for not trying. We got to try. We got to put some things in place. And even if we help the thoughts 10%, 15, 20, 50% of the time, um, then that's something which, which is, is, is 50% more than we were going to do before. So 50% of the time, that's, that's, that's wonderful. And then we keep on working on it. Um, so what does he say? He says that the Pasuk says, or Barak says, he says it from a Ritzel Petterberger, that it says, Koveya Hashem, if somebody is, 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 is set in Hashem, 
Yachlifu Koychos. Hashem will change his Koychos. What does that mean he's going to change his Koychos? So he says, can you imagine uh, a person like Rashi? Rashi decided that he's going to be working in Hashem's world. If you take the life of Rashi, which I don't know how long it was, but it was not, not extra long, and you try to write, sit down, and every, you know, not sleeping moment, but every waking moment, you try to write over all the words of Rashi. Now, Rashi wrote on the Gemara, on Chumash, on Tanakh, on all the, uh, what else did he write on? Um, what else? Everything, right? So you're not going to even be able to write all the Rashis in, in, in your life. But what did Rashi do? He not only wrote it, he, he made it. He, he thought about it. He was a peerish. So how did that happen? Because he was conveying himself in Hashem's. When you put yourself in Hashem's world, you say, Hashem, this is what I want to do. Hashem gives you Kayach. He switches your Kayach. He gives you extra special strength. And the same thing goes for this. When we want to do something that's very difficult, very hard, all we got to do is, we got to uh, dive into Hashem and say um, that we want to do this, and Hashem gives us special kirk. So the Ramak says that he was Makabal. Elio and Novi came to him. He was bothered by this. How do you change thoughts? How do you get these thoughts away? The Ramak came to him, uh, Elio and Novi came to him and told him, he says, I have a secret. Listen to the secret. The secret is to say another Pasik. He has a different Pasik. The Pasik is, Eish Tamid Tukar Amas Beach, Loi Sikhbe. Eishtamit, a fire always should burn on the mezbeach, lo yisichbe. And he left. Leo and Avi came. He was bothered a whole night by this. He couldn't figure out, well, what do I do? It's so difficult. He says, I have a little trick for you. Say this pasik, Eishtamituka. And then he was thinking about it. What's so special about the pasik? And then it hit him. What's the pasik talking about? It's an oila, carbon oila. A carbon oila is, is mechaper on thoughts. Not on maisim. Carbon oil is machaper on thoughts. And, and that's why if you say the post, it's like you machaper did a carbon oil. And also he says that ish is connotates taira. And the, um, the taira can be machaper, can be machaper on thoughts and can help you further. And which takes us to the next lesson from, from the uh, Peleoids, is, is he says, and this is a very, very true lesson, that, uh, he doesn't need myaskama, but, and so, he doesn't need science to back him up, but scientifically, Right when you want to take a thought and you want to push it away, is it going to work? No. They don't. Right. You just push it away; it'll come right back. Right. You you do is you replace it. If you replace it, you you do something else. And what's the best thing to replace it with Torah? But not necessarily. You can replace it. Right. We have this problem of, mon- of wandering minds when we're working, when we're, we're you know we're trying to talk to our friends. Right? And like they're like talking, and then they start saying, What I do is I'm talking to somebody, and I see that they're not, uh, you know, I'll, I start talking about the monkeys falling from the tree, and then I, I wait until, What? What mon- Yeah, what? Yeah, and I was, you know, and I, my friends get very annoyed about it, and definitely uh, my kids do too, but, um, but it works. It puts them right back, you know, because in subconscious they know there's something wrong with what he's saying. You know, there's, there's no monkeys that are just felt. But anyway, um, the bottom line is, is that when we want to be more receptive to our friends, to our family, to our wives, to our children, to our parents, um, to our co-workers, what do we do? We try to focus. How do we try to focus? Is by, by focusing on, on the moment, on the thing. So I want to, um, 
the uh, so so how do you do it? It's by doing Torah. One of the best things is, by the way, what's the most stimulating th- stimulating thing you could be thinking about is a question in Torah, right? We we discussed um, right. What did we discuss this Sunday? We got everybody in, involved. We we were. Um, we were we were discussing a halacha question about whether the sheitel machar, the case of the sheitel machar. I think, uh, and everyone's oh, yeah, the, 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 heavily involved. No, no, not the lace top. That's a different thing. I'm not getting involved with that. No, no, I don't want to. I don't want to touch that. Uh, um, I mean, figured it'll be. I don't want to touch it. Um, so <laughs> we were talking about we were talking about a case of it where sheitel machar ruined the sheitel, and everybody was. Um, involved and heatedly involved, what it's called, the Shemachinim, Shemesachar, Elio uh, was there, right? Eliezer was there. Um, and that's something you think about it. And we were thinking about it the rest of the day. Somebody met me later on and said, Oh, you know, I was thinking about what about this? You know, what you said about this. You know, I, I saw. There you go. Okay, but so you think about, think about these Shailas, pick a Shaila, pick a stimulating tire, um, thought. Think about what what um, whether it's in, in, in Hashkafa or, and you'll see you'll see. Uh, I don't want to think about Torah. It's much more thinking about that stuff, right? But it is, but it's not true because because that stuff doesn't do anything for you, and Torah will will excite you and it, it, you'll you'll get it. Wow, it will stimulate you. It'll get you uh, you know you're moving your mind moving in a, in a real very real way. So that's that's a beautiful way to do it. Um, another way. Is and this is a science way, and you know the Torah tells us that we're allowed to use um, the chacham sagayim. It's not. It's not the, obviously only when it doesn't doesn't you know uh, contradict the Torah or go against the, the, the values of the Torah. Right? We can use chacham. So what, what? So how do the how do the scientists um, uh, do this? So first of all, I was I was reading about a, a study they did in in, in, in the war. After the um, after any deployments, the the uh, soldiers and the people they experienced tremendous mindlessness. They had very very hard time concentrating, and they did a study, <coughs> and they saw that one of the big th- things <coughs> that that helped that made that hindered a person from concentrating was stress. So stress is going to t- take that curve um, and make that that attentiveness go really lower and lower and lower. So what they decided to do in the army and in the marines, and not, not just for everyone, for the elite corps, in other words, the ones that were, <laughs> you know, manning the bombs, and the ones that were, were taking care of, uh, uh, you know, missions, and uh, had, to, had to, you know, look at computers for, had to really concentrate, right? Uh, or, you know, watching things. So what they did was they gave them uh, courses in, in mindfulness, and they did a study on a group, and they saw that the group that worked on this actually had not during the stressful time. The other group, the stress, they, their attention went really, really down, and this group stayed strong. In other words, they came in, they did a they did a test uh, on attentiveness, and they took the two groups. The one group had stress, and boom, it fell. The other group stayed attentive. They were they were good. They were really really pilots, and they were. They were good. So how do you do that? So I actually, uh, mindfulness is, is, is an incredible tool. It's, it really is. It's, um, it's not only a tool that's used for you know, having kavanah by davening, but it's just being mindfulness. Because if you think about it, how many of you really came to where you are 
through thoughts. Nobody. It's not through thoughts. It's through your actions. Lack of thinking. Okay? It's or less, probably, probably, I venture to say it's the lack of thoughts that made you, when you're sitting thinking about all those things, right, that's going to hold you back a lot more. But you're thinking about all the things you've got to do and how much you're going to make money and how you're going to do this and how you're going to learn and how you're going to, all the good things that you're going to do. How you're going to get mad, right? What you're going to do. But that holds us back. Those thoughts hold us back and what really <coughs> propels us forward is the actions. So how do you do it? So I actually went to a, um, uh, I once went to a full day seminar on mindfulness. It was very, very interesting. It was actually run by some Yidin and Eretz Yisrael, but um, it was based on the, uh, on, you know, the secular, secular science of mindfulness. And we did a little, med- it was a little bit meditation, a little understanding of how the mind works. But one of the things is that, and it's very, very simple, how to do it. And I'm not, I, I urge everyone, maybe you, you could you know, Google it, go to a seminar. It, it's, it's worth it. It's something that's, that can help you very, very much in life. Um, if you have a trouble concentrating, a guy like you, you know, you're, you're always in your, Sharon's like just there. He's always there. He's focused. He's a rock. He's, yeah. <laughs> so, so, he, uh, so, so one of the things that we did was we... Um, you, you, what you're doing is when your mind is flying, it's all over. It's in China. It's in it's in, in the past, right? There's a rewind for the past and a fast forward for the future, and it's not in the present. It's all over. So, one of the things that you do is is you, you first you take deep breaths. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I'm just going to give you a little little uh, piece of it. You have to deep breath. You have to concentrate on your breaths, and basically that brings you sort of back into the present. And you, can't, you do this slow breathing, which uh, is very, very relaxing also, because you're bringing oxygen into your mind, which is lacking oxygen, and it's running, running all over the place. But, but it's breathing. Before even meditation, it's, it's, he- it's slow, concentrated, heavy breathing, and thinking about how the breath comes into your lungs, and, and, and feel it filling up, and feel it exhaling. And um, so you do that exercise. But then, I think even more important is... You concentrate on two or three things in the room that are inanimate objects, like a table, a chair, um, uh, you know, a, a rack, or a, 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 a no a clock is not good, but uh, a safer, right? And most safer, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so so you do, and and what you do is you stop and you concentrate on that thing, and then you do three lessons. You say. A few times you say to yourself, that is a table. Oh, it's a table. And you examine it. Yes, a table is brown. It's, it's a wooden table. It's a, but simple things. Just to bring you into that. And you examine that table. Let me look at that table. It's a hard table. I'm here. I'm sitting here. Sitting by the table. I know it sounds really... But it, what it does is it makes you concentrate on that object that's here, it brings you back into the, pe- into the present. It puts you in the present. I'm here in a very strong way, in a very physical, it takes your mind from, and it pulls you out from wherever you are. It brings you back, and then, then daven. Try that before davening. I mean, that's, that's just a simple exercise. But that's, these kinds of things are a great help in, in, uh, in, in bringing somebody, and it's, 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 uh, it's something which is very, very important to practice. Okay, I like to end with this story. So, first of all, many of us say it's a struggle, and that's what the Peleyoid says. It's a tremendous struggle. Especially now we're coming in the summer, 
where, where you know, our eyes help our thoughts, and we just uh, see things and think about things, and it's, it's uh, always a very, very difficult thing, but it's something that we have to, we, we can control to a certain degree, not always. Um, I once heard, a, there was a, a great uh, Hasidic master that said that thoughts are like a bird, I've said this before, bird flying over your head. You cannot control a bird from flying over your head, but you can control them from landing and making a nest in it. Right? Show them away. Right? Same thing a bird, but, you, but it flies over, so thoughts are the same thing. You, you can't control a thought, thought from passing through your head, but you can control it from making a nest in it. By, you know, saying, okay, I thought that, now, now move on, let's do, do other things. But it's difficult, and it's always a challenge. And that's what we're here for. We're here for challenges. So I'd like to share the story of a challenge that Rabbi Brog said about this um, Balchuva that he helped. There was this uh, young man who, um, who uh, was really, really secular and grew up in a family that was not, not religious. And whatever way he became a Balchuva, he had a very, very difficult life. And his parents didn't really um, embrace his, his new way of, of, of going. Um, and it was a slow journey for him, uh, for the realization. He was a young, nice-looking boy. He had everything going for him in, in school and in colleges. And um, at one point, he used to come to uh, Rabbi Brock, who was, in, who was in Miami at the time, and he would he would uh, he learned from him until he he actually he, he went at night to his yeshiva, and he didn't move without Rabbi Brock. And what happened was he realized that one of the most important things that, that he, he, lost, he lost his job because he was becoming religious, for whatever it was, and he realized that he had to find another job. So it was one day, Chalamite, and he came over to Rabbi Brog, and he says, I, I'm so excited to have an interview. And he says, how do I look? Rabbi Brog says, how do you look? You look, like I'm, you look like I would hire you today. He says, well, uh, that's if I, it was a modeling agency because you look so good. But uh, I'm not sure what the job is. So he, um, he said, um, well, it's something that, that is uh, something that I always like to do. It's in an office, and, and, and it's office manager, and um, I'm going for the job interview today. So he says, uh, wish him good luck. And he goes, and he... Um, and meanwhile, Rabbi Bragg went to his, took his family to a Chalamay trip. And he comes back, and he sees the guy pacing in his driveway. He drives up, and he runs over to Rabbi Brog, and he grabs him, and he says to him, Where were you? He says, What do you mean? Where, where? I need, where were you when I needed you? He says, um, I went with my family to an outing, and I'm here. Can I help you with something? What, what happened? He says, Why does Hashem do this to me? He says, Could we go inside and talk about it? What happened? They go inside, they sit down, and he said, basically, what happened was, he came to the job interview, and the lady, the girl, young lady, that was looking through his resume, sees that he was about Shuva, sees that he went to, uh, you know, uh, Academy High. And she says, I don't believe it. You went to Academy High? I also went to Academy High. So they realized that they were in the same class together. And she says, how, how come I, I didn't recognize you? How... So he says, I'll tell you the truth. When I was, um, when I was in, that, in that class, 
I was a real geek. I was, you know, the ones that, the, what they call them, a nerd, a geek, whatever it was. And uh, thank God, you know, she goes, no, 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 no. You don't look like at all like a geek. You don't look like anything like that. So um, she, he says, you look really great. I can't believe how I missed you, how I didn't see you, uh, what, was, what was going on. I mean, I was in that class, you know, for four years. And I, we, we never, I never realized, I never, you know, said two words to you. I'm so glad that you're here. She says to him, let, let me tell you something, okay? I want, to, um, I want to give you a job, but let's first go out tonight. And um, he said, what? Let's not be more specific than that. Um, and, and he said, um, so basically, if we go out tonight and get the job, she says, De- definitely, I just got to get to know you a little bit more. Um, so he says, okay, no problem. Let me go outside and freshen up, and I'll be right back. She says, I went outside, freshened up, and I ran all the way to your house, and I'm waiting for you for three hours. If you wouldn't have come back in the next five minutes, I would have ran back to be with her. And, and it's, it's so difficult. First of all, finally I have this job, this great job that I want. And, and why does Hashem, why does Hashem do this to me? Why did I have this kind of, you know, I, I, I wanted to do you know, what I wanted to do, and wh- why do I do it for me? So he says, Rebbe says, why? Because Hashem loves you. He says, I'll do without the love. <laughs> he says, please, I can't handle this. He says, you don't understand something. What you did, you're amazing. You came to me before you did an Avera. That's not like, you know, that's what you do. You come to a rabbi, you see, you come to a rabbi before you do a Avera, a priest after you do an Avera. That's usually how it goes. Cause a ra- cause, yeah, because a rabbi can't do anything before, you know, afterwards. So that's, there's no... There's no, there's no, uh, you know, we're forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. There's no such thing like that. I mean, this, this, tshuva is a long, very hard, difficult path. But a rabbi can give a chizik before. Yes, he says, it's great. He says, you know what you are? He says, you got the opportunity to be Yosef HaTzadik. He says, you are Yosef HaTzadik with Paiti Farah. You're, you're amazing. This is, and, and, you know, you had, okay, maybe not in the same he says, I don't know how, you know, she looked good, but I don't know how good she looked. But he says, but doesn't, you wanted and you ran away. You had an opportunity, you had everything going for you, and you did it. I promise you, he says. He says, he put his light on the line. He says, I'm telling you, you're going to see tremendous Hatzlacha very, very shortly. Just, and that kept him going. And Taka, what happened was, the boy um, continued on, he got a, a very good position. He eventually, he worked, he made a lot of money, he came back into learning, he wanted him, a lot of yeshiva that he missed. He ended up learning in Kailul, getting married to a wonderful girl. He, he, wrote, he wrote a sefer, this boy, young boy who was, whatever, he wrote a sefer, I'm not sure what the sefer was, on, on uh, a Torah sefer, and he was successful in everything that he did. So sometimes we're faced with adversary, we think that it's, it's Hashem doing something to us, but really it's opportunity. We should all be able to learn how to control our minds, our thoughts, our and and to tremendous, tremendous bracha. Amen. Thanks a lot. Amen.